Welcome to Between the Sound, a place to share all things music, art, conversation, inspirations, aspirations, friendships, and where we get into it. So let's get into it. Born and raised in Athens, she studied a Bachelor in Film and Media at the University of Sunderland, England. She went on to study theatre, film and television makeup at the Delamar Academy in London, where she lived and worked as a makeup artist in various theatrical and film productions. Returning to Greece, she started working as head of makeup within the world of television drama and short films, as well as theatrical productions, primarily as a consultant for the design of makeup. For a period, she owned her own company, Crown Brush GR, importing makeup brushes and products from the USA and supplying department stores. She has worked in commercials, TV shows, and taught professional makeup in schools. She has participated in the Athens and Epidaurus Festival with the theatre performance of The Orchestra of Small Things, The Massacre of Paris and Richard III on design and makeup. Additionally, she has taken part in TV productions of reality shows such as The Farm, as well as shows filmed on location as Nomads in the Philippines and The Wall in Poland. Currently, she is based in Athens on one of the biggest and longest running TV game shows, Deal, airing in Greece. Today, we welcome the talent of Tatiana Garabedian. Tatiana, thank you for joining us on Between the Sound. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> so you are from beautiful Greece. Athens, yes. Athens. So what did early life look like growing up in Greece? Uh, it was beautiful. It was really, really nice. I had a very, I was fortunate enough to have a very uh, beautiful family that took care of me uh, and very calm in my family. Like we didn't have, you know, drama going on. It was really, it was really nice. I had, I have two sisters older than myself. So they were a big influence. What, what was your, what were your sisters into? What were they doing to influence you? Uh, not so much in what they were doing, but the fact that they were older than me and uh, everything to my eyes, it seemed really like, wow, at the time. Yeah. Like, uh, my second sister, Marie-Louise, she decided to go to London to study. So to me, that was like, wow, you know, I could never do that. I don't, you know, it felt really big. Yeah, yeah that's what that's what I mean. It really felt exciting and big. Was anyone in, in your family doing anything creative? We didn't do it as a profession. Like my, my dad wasn't uh, creative in his profession in a sense, but he always liked to sing. And ah. he always liked to, yeah, kind of... Uh, small acting uh, situations where he used to pretend and my mom my mom is very creative she she uh, draws she's oh. really good at drawing yeah and she draws on uh, cloth wow. and she's generally creative with everything like with outfits um I used to sit and you know how little girls watch their moms yeah really cliche but that's what I used to do when she used to get ready to go somewhere do you think they supported you in going into work in a creative field absolutely absolutely I mean I never felt that I didn't uh, have their support in whatever came to my mind to do I wasn't really aware of what I wanted to do as a kid and I think I think even now my head is in the clouds 
sometimes truly somebody needs to you know get me down like i'm always somewhere uh, daydreaming so i thought growing up i had this idea that i was going to be an actress eventually but i was so shy so one thing contradicts the other <laughs> I, i always thought that that's what i was going to do but growing up you know how little girls always dream of uh, their own house and weddings mm-hmm. and kids mm-hmm. and stuff I was never one of those kids. My game was always uh, that I had a business, make believe, right? I thought I had a bakery. I had all kinds of businesses growing up. Like- I love <laughs> that, I love that. Yeah, yeah, and I used to, like one time, one time I got rocks from the beach in a big bag. My mom couldn't carry it. She didn't know what she was carrying. And at one point she's like, what's in here? And I'm like, stones. And she's like, what are you gonna do with those stones? I'm like, I have a bakery and I want to pretend that they're cookies so that I can pick them up and put them in a box and hand it to the customer. She was like, no way, you know, what are you? No, all these ideas, you know, for, like I had businesses, I had a bar, many, many businesses. And then when once that kind of ran out, <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm going to be an actress. I was never like in class. I always daydreamed of getting my Oscar, my Oscar speech, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I was never, yes. never down to earth. I love that though, because you have to dream it to, to kind of put it in <laughs> some kind of goalpost. I think I, I admired my dad. He had his, his own business and he always used to take me with him on the weekend, like on Saturdays when I didn't have school. I used to go with him and I always liked the... I don't know, I think the independence of it, that you have your own thing. And up to this day, I always try to, you know, to do jobs that will give me that sense of independence that I'm, you know, on my own. Yeah. To doing my own thing and I don't have somebody kind of controlling me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I love that because in a way you've been influenced both by your mom and your dad. So on the business side and the creative side and you're doing both. Yeah. When did you start to realize makeup was interesting? It wasn't random, but kind of random. Like I thought that, okay, I'm going to be an actress, but I need a skill aside from that. For some reason, I wanted to do costume design because my aunt, my aunt used to design clothes. Mm-hmm. She had her own uh, business. So I thought, yeah, I can do that. I will do that for theater. You know, it was not really realistic the way I was thinking. But still, I was thinking that's what I'm going to do. I have been to boarding school. I studied, yeah, I went to Cyprus to do that. Wow. Yeah. So I was away uh, for six years and came back for Christmas and summers. Wait, what was that like? Uh, I cried every single time that I went there, you know, because I was really young. I was, I left at the age of 11 and I thought that, oh no, you know, I want to be with my mom. I don't want to go to school there. So every time I cried, but then the magic thing happened. Once I landed there, uh, my friends were there. So it was okay. I I forgot all about mom, dad, you know, it it was okay. So you really got your independence from then? Yes, early on, early on, uh, not willingly, (laughs) but... It trained you to be away from the nest, you know. Some people now don't leave home until they're 35. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. That that is true. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, when I got back to Greece, I thought, okay, I'll either, you know, give the exams to go into a drama school 
also parallel with that, I can enroll into a school that I can learn about costume design. Right. Somehow costume design turned into makeup. Don't ask me how. I, I really don't know when that happened. Okay. It sort of happened. So yeah, it went from there. And at the time, at, when I returned from the boarding school, I started working for the Armenian embassy here in Athens, Greece. Mm -hmm. So I was the secretary to the ambassador. That also came randomly because it was August. They were looking for a person to fill in for the regular secretary. You know, I said, why not? You know, it's a month. It's just for one month. I'll go. I'll see what it's like. And so I went there for a month. And then at the end of that month, I, I was like, okay, bye-bye, you know, like, nice to meet you, see, like, see you, really, thank you for the opportunity, and the ambassador comes in, and he says, right, these are the keys, and I'm like, what keys? Yes, you're employed, like, you're coming to work, you're starting, you know, as my secretary, and that came as a surprise, because I was really not my plans, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. an actress. <laughs> I have movies waiting for me. Yes, of course, Hollywood is waiting. I don't know. <laughs> I have this really big ideas in my head. So that came as a surprise to me. And that's how it all started from there. It kind of went one thing led to another mm. out of the necessity of me being at the embassy. Wow. So I had to find a night school. Everything kind of changed because of that. And that lasted for seven years. <laughs> it was seven long years <laughs> long years <laughs> really truly long years because it was so opposite to what I liked doing and you know it was like uh, what is this place I want to you know talk movies talk music <laughs> what is this <laughs> did you find that you loved it after that time or were you keen to leave and mm -hmm. they just kept keeping you there every time every time I wanted to leave it wasn't something that uh, suited me, suited to my character. I'm very uh, disciplined in that way. Like if you give me a task, I will do it to the best of my ability. It's not in my nature to half-ass it. I, I say I, I'm here, so I have to do my 110%, let's say. It's, once that happened and, and I started pressuring myself, like, yeah, you want to leave, but no, you have to do this, you have to do this. So time passed and I wasn't doing what I wanted to do yeah I tried I fought like tooth and nail I really fought for my my education like I I thought okay if I'm here now and it's a quite a stable job everybody said you don't need to you know go to university you don't need to study something else we can we can provide for you to go to Armenia and do uh, a course in a diplomatic you know all the, diplom all the diplomats do it. So you can do a course and become a diplomat. And I was like, hold on a second. I'm not interested in this. Like I'm really, I really had to uh, fight hard to stay on my, you know, on my- On your course. Yes, my course, my lane. Like, I don't know. I really needed to uh, be true to myself in that way. Yeah. So once time went by and- also, the school situation here in Greece, it's, it was very different at the time. Uh, now you have schools you can go to for makeup, for hair design, for, for everything. Wow. At the time, it was more limited. Everything that had to do with media was more limited. Isn't that funny, yeah. though? Because it, it feels like every country would have a media area, you know, because they have TV and they have different... They did have, but it was very limited. 
Wow. You didn't have many options. You didn't like there was one school for this, one school for that, and that's it. Also, because I had been away and my education uh, happened in in Cyprus, and it was more on the English, you know, English side of things. It, mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, a knowledge of how the system works, so things were quite different. How we use A levels, O levels for the yeah. for university UK. Here it's different. I didn't know at the time. So I didn't know the terms. I didn't know what I needed to be doing to get into those schools. So yeah. it was quite confusing for me. And at the end, I, I did find a college and uh, I went, I enrolled there to their media and film and media department. So that's how it started. Like I said, okay, I love makeup, but it's not it's not coming on for me. I mean, I went to three schools, three separate schools to do makeup in the afternoons after the embassy. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work because uh, one school shut down the department, the makeup department, because they didn't have enough kids. The other school shut it down because they didn't have enough kids for the afternoon. So I, I had all these obstacles to do makeup. So after I think the first three years of being in Greece, I said, okay, enough with this I'm putting a you know a stop to this and my alternative was the college film and media mm-hmm. and it is actually the place where it ended up taking me to England at the end see like your sister you were meant to come to England <laughs> did you feel rejected in any way by being sent away or did you understand why you had to go away to boarding school No, I didn't feel rejected in the sense that I always knew that I was going to go to this school because Ah. my mom went to this school, both my sisters went to this school. So it was a given. And also I had the advantage of um, being there before I started there. I went a couple of times to visit my sisters. So I, I really knew what I was getting into, but it doesn't compare to actually getting into it. it. Like the experience is completely different I remember I was because I was 11 years old and uh, I remember the first week that I went after a couple of days it was nine o'clock in the evening and I said uh right now I want my mom and they were like no now it's the it's nine o'clock and you need to go to bed and I was like no now I need to talk to my mom and then I started (laughs) crying because I really wanted to talk to my mom you know I didn't realize that no 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 you know there's a set of rules you have to go by so yeah and I, I cried and I you know tantrum and everything and they had to call my mom so that I could talk to her and just you know she could relax me <laughs> oh wow and what do you think when you left after six years was the main takeaway the main positive that you got uh, a lot of positives basically it taught me how to you know take care of myself it taught me how to interact with many people many many different people because we had students from all over the world we had from um, Australia uh, the US UK uh, Paris I remember then France yeah and uh, Syria Lebanon many different really gave me a sense of uh, you know you're not the only one in the world you know Greece and whatever there are other people other cultures and I was made aware of that early on so when you went back to Greece, did you find other people around you? 
did they have less of a perspective on the world because they've only lived in Greece? It was hard because I felt I felt that I didn't fit in. Everyone had their own thing going. And also the friends that I had from elementary school, like the really young age, they had moved on to other things, other people, other I mean, I found myself really alone. And at the same time, uh, the embassy thing happened and I had to deal with people very like older than me, really older than me at the time, because I was at the time I was 17. You know, what do you know when you're 17? (laughs) Like nothing. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be honest. There were many negatives. What would you say were three, three negatives? Um, You learn to put things off because you always wait for something like I always waited for Christmas and I thought okay Christmas is going to come I'm going to be happy Uh, summer is going to come I'm going to be happy so you always put things on hold it becomes second nature without realizing the second thing is the loneliness that came out of it I made friends that afterwards it was really hard to make new friends because I grew up with them yeah I was really close to them so everybody else felt like oh you know you're not going to get me you're not I was really closed off to other people. It wasn't easy for me to, I don't know, get into the groove of things in the outside world. It was always like shut out from the entire world. And you're really in a very uh, limited environment, basically. Yeah. We didn't have many interactions with the outside world. Mm. So when I came back to Greece, I felt like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's like you're in a cage and suddenly you're free. Yeah. and you don't know what to do with your freedom. Yes. So it's that. I didn't know what to do with my time and and really make good use of it. I think these two things mainly for me. Yeah. And the time that you miss with your parents, because you do miss a lot of time. We had to get to know each other again. Wow. Yes. That's interesting. It, it, it was. It was really hard. And But again, I'm telling you that I, I've been really, really fortunate and very lucky to have the parents that I have. Because they put up with every behavior that you can think of, like everything. They didn't understand it, but they they were very good with it. Yeah. Wow. And I guess they had uh, your sisters before you to experience what you were going to go through. Yes. Yes. Also that, of course. But the, the difference, the difference with them was that my older sister got married short after and she left home and my other sister she went to again after a couple of years she went to England so we never been in the same house all the sisters we were only in the same house in the summers we don't have one year that all three of us were under the same roof that's amazing <laughs> so yeah you yeah. would be re re-meeting each other in yes. a way every time yeah so a different Different stages of life, different relationship with each sister. Wow. So in a way, if you think about it, you have no time to take it for granted with each other because you're not under the same roof every day, you know? Exactly. So in a way, that must have strengthened your relationship. True. Very much. Yes, very much. I think my sisters, I feel like my sisters are my rock, you know? Like no matter what happens, yes, they're there. That's beautiful. We are listening to the tales of Tatiana Garabedian, makeup artist, film fanatic, and all-round creative. Listen in for more.
so we come to England. So you came to England yes. to study. Yes, I, I moved there because of my school here. They ended up the program that had to do with film and media and all that. You know, I was adamant that it's going to be film. I really wanted to study film. And my teachers knew about that. So at one point, it was May. They called me in. They said, look, you, know, you want to study this thing. You like this thing very much. But we ought to tell you that come September, this department is going to close down. You know, I wanted to stay, but no, you have to leave. So they said there is this uh, university, we can apply for you there. They're going to probably acknowledge some of the credits that you've done with us and you can transfer there. And that's how I transferred to Sunderland up north. <laughs> what, what was Sunderland like? Oh, my God. That was like a shock, a shock to my system. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought up to that point that I spoke a fairly good English, right? Yeah. Once I stepped foot uh, <laughs> at the university, basically, the first day, I realized that I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> I don't understand any of it. It's like a different language. I'm, I'm mortified. I, I, I'm sitting in my chair. And I'm thinking, please, God, let them not ask me anything because I don't know what they're saying. It was true fear, real fear. Uh, of course, my turn came and they're like, you what do you have to say about it? and you know i was terrified i was like i'm sorry i'm from greece i don't understand and that was my first response oh my god i was so embarrassed and I, I thought okay this is it this is not for me i have to leave i have to go back home yeah i begged for my job at the embassy because <laughs> i left the embassy to go to go to england you know so, and then i kind of got into you know i really enjoyed my studies there you did how long were you there for almost two years mind you i i went to newcastle every chance i got because it was bigger and better and you know it's funny i always used to say that no matter what happens in my life wherever i live i want to, there to be a cinema like really you know at the proximity you know yeah. and uh, i land to sunderland uh, and there is no cinema there I thought uh, it was a joke, you know, <laughs> how can you not have a cinema? So I used to travel every weekend to Newcastle to watch movies. Yes. <laughs> so really, your love first is film. So yes, it's film. Everything film. Where did the love of film come yeah, from? I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. All I remember is uh, when I was at the boarding school after the first year, I think, I think I was disappointed with a lot of things at the time. You know how it is when you're you're in like 12, 13 years old and you start you start liking boys, boys don't like you back. You know, things like that happen yeah. with your friends, the relationships are shaky. So I think at one point I said none of that interests me. I kind of withdrew uh -huh. and my rope at the time, I think it was cinema and cinema magazines and another life away from the school basically. Wow. So I think that's what started it. Yeah, so it was an escape. And it grew from there. Wow. Do you remember <laughs> the first movie that you saw? Yes, I do remember. <laughs> the first movie I watched, I didn't actually watch, but I listened to it. I was um, in a room with my sister. She was kind of babysitting for me. So I had to sleep because I was young. And she put me to bed and she put this movie on. And I remember listening to it. And at one point, my sister turns to her friend and she asks, what did she say? 
because she didn't hear, you know, what they were saying. And I, I, went, I went up from my bed and I said, couldn't you hear they were fighting for that? Because so, I was watching the movie and I wasn't sleeping. So that was Grease. <laughs> Grease was my first movie, my first love. That's a good movie to have yeah. as a first movie. I, I, I knew it by heart. You know, I watched yeah. it a million times. I don't know. I, I knew yeah. everything by heart. All the words. Yes, everything, everything. I got my friend, uh, we went and bought cigarettes to do this, uh, the last scene with Sandy, you know, where she she <laughs> drops the cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was actually, I think, one of my first as well, because Olivia Newton-John is an Australian icon. Yeah. Yes, she is. She is. But everyone I know had a crush on her. Girls, boys, everyone. <laughs> She's still got it. She's still got it. Mm -hmm. Sunderland to London. I had to make a decision. I wanted to do a master's degree and everybody kept telling me, okay, what do you want the master's for? You're going to come back to Greece. Nobody cares if you have a master's in Greece. Because at the time, you know, there was really a big distinction for the people who had done a Greek university and the people who uh, had graduated from another university from a different country. So sometimes even the... Um, the diploma wasn't acknowledged here in Greece and you had to give for, you know, more exams for them to say, yes, you do have a university diploma. Yeah. Uh, depending on which, which school you finished. Yeah. So yeah. everybody was a bit hesitant to encourage me, but I really, really wanted to stay and study. It wasn't enough. Once I started in Sunderland and I loved the courses and I loved the things that I was getting from them, I was like, I don't want this to end. You know, I feel that I need to do something more. I don't, I'm not ready to go back. Then came the thought that, hang on a second, I've done makeup for a couple of years in Greece. I can go and finish that, you know, and get a London degree, you know, you know, at least finish it, not have it half Fast. <laughs> yes. So half-assed. No, 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 not for me. <laughs> yeah. So that's how it came about. Uh, right before I came to Greece for the summer, I traveled down to London and I started looking for schools. And that's when I found the, the Delamar Academy, which, you know, it was really good school. At the end of the day, I think it did give me what I you know what I paid for <laughs> yeah. it really did did provide and uh, once I found that I returned home and I said right I've decided I'm not going to do a master's since nobody wants me to do a master's degree because I, I wanted to do master's in directing because I really oh. felt that I would be good at it yes but everybody was like oh you know half of Greece is directors and you need to have the money and you need to have investors they were really discouraging at the Jeez, time. They're a pessimistic bunch. Yeah. Yes, yes. I didn't have any encouragement on that. So I'm like, okay, you know, makeup is something that I started and it was always, you know, a little wound that I wasn't able to finish it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and do that and see how that goes. <laughs> I see. So you basically did two different studies, Sunderland yes. and London. How did London yes. compare to Sunderland? Uh, no comparison there, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like it's two different worlds. The, yeah. the, the one thing I'm going to say about Sunderland is that because I, I lived on my own there, 
And I loved the house that I ended up finding. And I, I really struggled to find a place to live. So when I did find it, I really had a very good time with my friends there. Every single day counted. Like I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah. Even though the place, you know, it's not something special, but for me, it did become special in the end. Yeah. And I did cry living it, you know, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love it. Hopefully, I love it. <laughs> love and tears. Yes. Laughter and tears. That's the story of my life. London was really different. It was, um, you know, the big city of, I mean, I'm, I'm coming from a big city. It's not yeah. something that is foreign to me, but I think the enormity of what I was doing, like being alone in London and not knowing anyone, because I, I only knew one person, actually. She was a friend of my sister's. She put me up for two weeks. So yeah, I stayed for two weeks. I found a place of my own. And then I think once I started the courses in Delamar, the people there really helped me. Like the, yeah. the friends that I made truly helped me. Yeah. And I really yeah. need to mention Annie, my friend yes. Annie. Yes, our uh, friend Annie. Yes, she, she was the first person to, you know, I was in, again, in a world of my own. I was like, what am I going to do? Do I like this? I was in, a, in my head. And then there's this person next to me going like, okay, where, where do you live? I'm going to come and help you to get your suitcase and move into your new place. And I was like, who is this person? And I'm like, no, you don't have to do that. You know, I don't know you kind of. I was really hesitant at first, but she was so good yeah. at being there for me. Yeah. And I think she... She really made that transition and very a happy time for me. Yeah, when I think about Annie as well, um, who I ended up living with, just remembering her approach to life was really fun. It's always an adventure yeah. and, you know, doing it in company. So it's, it's amazing when you can connect with a complete stranger. You know, she affected exactly. your life. So mm. much. And even, even our, like, our meeting each other at one point, Whenever I think of my Delamar uh, phase, I think it was the best that I can remember that I was happy and I was really content. And I had this feeling, you know, when sometimes you have this feeling that, okay, I don't want to be anywhere else. This is where I'm meant to be right now. Yeah. Because yeah. up to that point, all my life, I mean, I was at the boarding school. I wanted to be in Greece. I was in the embassy. I wanted to be somewhere else studying. So it, it was always a matter of wanting to be somewhere else. It yeah. was the first time that I didn't feel that. It was complete, I don't know, harmony. Everything came together nicely. and So you were in London and it felt right to be in London. It did. It did yeah. feel right. And then, you know, Delamar was quite good in the sense that they did provide us with jobs. Uh, I did a theater thing, I remember. I mean, I don't remember very well, but I did. I remember going to places and doing things and thinking that, okay, um, if this goes on, and suddenly, you know, paid gigs start coming in. Maybe this is something I can consider. But then, and that's where the negative of the school comes in. I thought, I don't want to be away from my family. My sister had just given birth um, to her second child at the time. And I thought, you know, I don't want to miss that. I don't want to miss those kids growing up and knowing me, you know, like, yeah. I, I felt that it was time to go back and try to make a life. In retrospect, I think I could have given it a bit more, more time in, in England. You know, I could have tried a bit to stay a bit longer, but it was the fear of if I stay a bit longer, I'm not going to return 
it's it's a real valid fear as well because i can say it from experience you know i left oz almost with one vision forward i want to do something creative i want to be in music i want to be in you know that that art world and i remember my brothers starting to have kids and i didn't feel ready but i did feel really aware that i didn't want them not mm -hmm. to know me it is a conscious decision and like you having chosen to to do your field and you do notice you know if especially if you're in another country the distance so you made the right decision for yourself I, I do think so I don't regret it coming back to Greece it was hard in the sense that I had to find a job right I had to start looking for a job and try to be independent and all that but I spent a year looking because I didn't have connections I, I my family They were like really far from all things, uh, media and film and celebrities. And I didn't have the right connections, let's say. Yeah. And in this business, I'm sure, you know, and you're aware, you know, you need to have connections. And I think that is taking a step further in Greece because the, the whole system works differently. It doesn't matter so much if you're talented, but whose who's daughter or son or whatever, you know, it, it, this is the way it has worked for years in Greece. Wow. Unfortunately, because there are people who, who are really worth it and they get, get their foot in. My sister at the time, Marie-Louise, she was working uh, in magazines. Uh -huh. uh, she and her husband were working in magazines. No, actually, she was off work right at the time when I, when I returned. And yeah. her husband uh, worked in the 2004 Olympic preparations for the Olympics. You know, they tried to find me a job and everything, but... I ended up spending a year looking for a job in my field. So I was really disappointed. I was really, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to do. And then, you know how, when you're at the bottom of the barrel and you think, okay, there is no lower to go. Uh, that's when things start to happen. So a friend of mine at the time, her mom was working in a newspaper. So she said, you know, why don't you give me your CV? I'll pass it on. Maybe she has some connections. Maybe she will, you know, she will try and help you. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, what have I got to lose? I've probably given my CV to everybody at this point. You know, everybody has a CV of mine. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was really disheartening. Uh, amazingly enough, that's where my break came from. Because uh, a month later, I get a call saying that uh, we know that you are a makeup artist, you're looking for a job. And if you like, you can come and watch, you know, how we make our TV series, the drama series and whatever, the, just to watch and see how things are. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll come. You know, it's like, it's the, the closest I can get. I can come and just watch. So I went there for a couple of days And every night I, I went to the production manager asking him, can I come again tomorrow? And he was like so surprised because they were like 10, 12 hour shifts, you know, like, why would you want to wow. come again tomorrow? You know, like, why would you want to do that to yourself? And, but I was so eager to like, to learn how things worked in Greece and how people got things done. And I really wanted to be in this thing. So I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I'll come, I'll come again tomorrow. So I kept going for maybe, I don't know, five, six days. And then one night I get this call saying, um, do you have your own tools to work with? And I'm like, of course I have my own tools. Yeah, I can do makeup. And he's like, right. Can you be here tomorrow morning? Because our makeup artist had to be hospitalized. So it was nothing serious, but she had to stay off work for, for two weeks. Yeah. And that's how my break came. So I had to really dive in the deep end 
you know how they say fake it till you make it yeah for me <laughs> having worked in in uh, the UK I I really had that from Delamar Academy they used to tell us that every job you don't go as if it's your first job you go as if it's you know like you've been doing this for years you need to be confident uh, because the person who sits in your chair that I mean they really need to feel confident yeah you got them one thing led to another you know every every job brought on the next job and kind of rolled from there were you nervous you when you first started Oh, very nervous. Every time. Actually, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm nervous every single time that I start a new project. I I go as if it's my first job, as if I know nothing about makeup, but right, we'll see what, you know, we'll figure it out kind of. I'm always scared. And and the best example of this is, um, you know, I, I work in television, but I don't watch a lot of TV. I wasn't aware of many celebrities that had come about. So this is this guy that is really famous. Everybody knows him. I know of him, but I I don't know, you know, the kind of person he is. I've never watched the things that he's been in. You know, I'm not aware of him. And I get a call that they're going to do this big reality show and he's going to be the host and we're looking for a makeup artist for him. And do you want to, you know, would you like to come in and see how that, you know, how you feel about it and how the chemistry between, it's like, yeah, sure. Of course I want to do it because at the time I had just finished another project. So I said, yeah, sure. You know, I want to do that. Two nights prior to actually going to meet the guy for a test, yeah, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. And everybody was really like, they couldn't believe it. And they were like, Tatiana, it's a, he's even a guy. He's not even a woman. You, you do more things than a woman. So you have more things to be afraid of. What are you afraid of? I was terrified. <laughs> I don't know why to this day, especially after meeting him and having done two projects with him. Yeah. It, it's crazy. But I was terrified. Every yeah. time I'm nervous. Yeah. It's always like, it never goes away. I can relate to that, you know, because... I'm always nervous singing on stage, of course. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think people get surprised when they see that you've been doing it for a long time that, oh, you don't look nervous at all. You look really confident and you wouldn't be able to tell. But I think it's a really good thing because unless it's crippling, because it used to be crippling for me at the beginning. I mean, I would oh. want to be sick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but now I think it's good because it means you care. So that's what the fear is. You want to do a good yeah. job. Yeah, I definitely do, do want to do a good job. Like even no matter who the person that sits in my chair is, if it, whether it's a celebrity or just a person who wants to, you know, go out and have their makeup done. To me, the best feeling, the best feeling about this job is when that person, you know, they come, they sit in the chair and I always, I always ask, you know, what do you want? How do you want to look? Because nine times out of 10, Everybody has a, an expectation of what they're going to look like once you're done with it, mm. you know. I always try to get the feel of what is your expectation at this point uh, in relation to where you have to go and why do you want your makeup done and all that. So I always get into a small conversation. But the best feeling is when I'm done with it and I pass on the mirror and they look, look at themselves and you can see for a few seconds, like I, I really watch closely at the time because I know that I'm going to understand if they like it or not. And you can see the shock that, oh my God, I can I could look like this. I didn't know I could look like this. Aww. So when that happened, to me, it's the best feeling. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a celebrity or not celebrity. It's, it's really to do with the happiness they feel, you know. So speaking of celebrities, have you ever been starstruck? Yes, I have. So, okay, it was the year that they had the Paralympics, after the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I get an email from a friend telling me that uh, Ariana Huffington is going to be in town. Oh, wow. And she, yeah, she will need her makeup done. At the time, it was just beginning. Huffington Post was like truly starting to get into that momentum. You know, as soon as I, I heard the name, I was like, yes, of course I want to do it. It's always yes. You will never hear a no. Yeah. Good. So after it said yes, I was horrified. I was like, where am I going? What am I, who am I to go and do that? You know, all the insecurities came knocking, you know, like, yeah. where are you going? Uh, that was a really, really good moment because um, it was the time when I went uh, to do her makeup. I also had a hair person with me to do the hair. Because in the, in the States, everybody does that sometimes uh, at the same time. Here, it's not so much. Here, it's like you finish the hair and then I do the makeup. It's kind of like that. And I had to work simultaneously. I had done this before. It wasn't my first time. So I was used to having a person, you know, look on the mobile and do something else. And at the same time, you're trying to, you know, to get under to do the, <laughs> to start to put the lipstick. It, you know, it, it's really weird when you have to do things like that. Because usually you have models, they sit, you know, they're like statues. They yeah. sit there, they don't. <laughs> so it was challenging. But once I did that, I felt like I could do anything. I could do anyone. Right. She, she we are listening to the tales of Tatiana Garabedian, makeup artist, film fanatic, and all-round creative. Listen in for more. She took the mirror. She really like examined every single detail. My heart nearly stopped, you know, and I'm like, does she like it or she doesn't like it? What's happening here? <laughs> and they said, really nice job, you know, and it wasn't just the one. Wow. You know, I did it for all the time that she was here. So that really, really gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah, it kind of validated I was you. Start yes, yes. I mean, she gave me a book. She assigned book and... She, I remember we, we walked to the elevator together. She was going to go downstairs and I was going to go to my car. And like, she took a moment and she said, you remind me of a younger me. And I, at that point, I really felt like, oh my God, you know, I felt like I was in a movie. You know how it's in the movies, you get a mentor. I felt really special at that point because if she can say that, then maybe she saw something, I don't know. Oh my God. And it really came at the point where, where I wasn't really uh, at a good place because I had uh, the company, you know, wasn't doing very well. It was a bit weird at the time, yeah. you know, the, the jobs and everything with, um, with the Olympic Games, after the Olympic Games, yeah. jobs weren't so uh, easy coming. Mm -hmm. So that really helped me to move on from that and go to, to the next step. Yeah. So what was the next step after the Olympic Games? I worked for a few drama series and then uh, around 2009, after five years, I decided to go and open my own company with okay. a friend of mine because I wanted to, you know, to have my own thing, not walk away from makeup as such, but be able to have something more stable because yeah. 
jobs in makeup, you know, it's not consistent. Uh-huh. In retrospect, I think it's very, you can't have control. You can't have stability. This is an illusion, <laughs> you know, it, it is an illusion. I think if you go with the flow, you're better off and life does provide the universe or whatever you want to call it. I don't know what you want to call it, but things do come up. But if you if you keep going into one direction and not look, you know, what is around you, I think you miss out on, on many opportunities. And that's that's the lesson that came out of that. That is so true. It's so true because we can get so blindsided for that vision of what we want and you do end up missing clues about things that open up. I'm guilty of it as well. And I think, oh my God, like, yeah. We all are guilty of that. I think you, yes, you focus on one thing that you really want very much. I mean, it it is justifiable because you, you want it to work. At the same time, I think maybe what's good for you it's not what you have in your head that you want yeah and there are other things that can be really good for you but you're not aware of them because you're so stuck in your head with that idea I ended up really pushing for it for I think three to four years and I really tried hard it was like banging my head on the wall and expecting I don't know a miracle to happen because it was around the time of the crisis truly nobody cared for brushes at the time once I realized that okay this is not gonna work out at least not in the way that you hoped for I knocked myself down many many times because oh you didn't succeed you should make it a success it really did take me a long time to give up on it business is business like a friend of mine said that to me that oh you know you waste so much time worrying and feeling bad about yourself whereas at the end of the day, business is business. Either works or it doesn't. It has nothing to do with you personally. Yeah. So that really, really helped me to move on, you know, like move on and just put it behind me. So you let it go. Yes, but it really took a lot. It put the fear in me again, basically. So did you feel that you did it uh, out of an interest to see how you could succeed in your own business in that way we were talking about before being independent or was it to pull away from the hustle of getting these makeup gifts? a little bit of both I think it was a little bit of both pull away from the hustle and also be more independent it was a little bit of both uh every single job that I've had in in Greece I have had a good time I've been fortunate enough to have a good time I was always fortunate to be working with people that were, were good to me. You know, I, I always listen to what people say, but at the end of the day, I rely on, my, on, on what my personal take is going to be of that person. Yeah. So I always approach the person from that perspective and never from what I've heard before. It has to be respectful because I need to be able to know how you expect to see yourself, you know, like at your best. How do you see yourself? So once I open that communication line with the other person, that's when the magic happens, I think. That's when I can be creative and try and give you what you want. You just have to listen to the person, to what they want and what what you think that they should do with their face. That's what I think. I love that. So it's all down to communication, you know? Yes. Yes. I always say that makeup is maybe, I don't know, 20% of the skill of actually doing the makeup. And I think that the rest is all, is all about communication 
And it's all about uh, understanding and being aware of, of also of your surroundings, like, because you work with many, many people. Yeah. So you have to be aware of the entire, like read the room, you know? Like, yeah, which is life. Like we're all connected. So if you start to think you're an island, then you disconnect. Yeah. Yes, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you mm -hmm. sat in my chair and I was the makeup mm -hmm. artist and I said yes. to you, what is it that you want to look, what would that be? Well, in pr practical terms, I don't like a lot of makeup. I don't like the heavy, heavy skin, you know, like aside from that, I would say do whatever you want. I've always been like this because I've had colleagues do my my makeup. Sometimes, you know, it turned out okay, sometimes not. But I, I love it when somebody does something on me and, you know, I haven't told them to do it. It's just that's how they view me. I don't know. I've been doing this too long. I don't know. <laughs> it's good to see that for you as well, you don't like heavy makeup. No. See, that's the thing. I remember very as if it was yesterday, we had a class uh, in Delamar and there's this big makeup artist, he came and he was doing shows at the time with uh, Pat McGrath and Pat McGrath is the best makeup artist in the world. So he, he had all these stories for us. And one of the stories was that uh, at one point they had this really big photo shoot, a lot of money involved in this thing. And he was the makeup artist and the model walks in it's a beautiful model. She's gorgeous. You know, like you literally don't have to do anything. And he was smart enough. And he said, uh, could you come to the, you know, to the ladies room with me? I need to fix something and then work on, on something. <laughs> so they go to the ladies room. All they did was have a cigarette, right? He didn't even, he didn't even touch her because she was perfect. And she walks in the room. Everybody's like, oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yes, yes. And they had their photo shoot. And that's an example of you don't mess with something that doesn't need messing with. You know, like if yeah. she's beautiful, you keep that. You don't go to show your work. Oh, you know, I can put eyeliner and I can put eyeshadow. No, good for you. But no, you know, you don't have to do that. Always work with the face. That has been my kind of my motto. I don't know. But I always try to take what I like about the face and just show off that, you know work with the face i like that yes <laughs> this thing happens a lot with the brides for ah. some reason they want to look different on the day of the wedding the thing that they say the first thing that they say is like okay i want this to be different i want this to be something that they've never seen before something <laughs> out of the ordinary and sometimes when I know the person I'm like you know he's marrying you for you you know yeah. like he doesn't want to see somebody else uh when they get to the church yeah it's always a surprise it always surprises me when I hear that yeah but now we are fortunate enough I think that the products that they come out are truly I mean they can't compare to anything that we had before like HD cameras, the products are more, you know, sophisticated now. Right. That's a good point. So now we have HD TV. Yes. It shows yes. everything. Everything. Yes. So surely that must mean more makeup. Not necessarily more, but better makeup and better technique in applying it where it needs to be applied and not all over. 
uh, one starting point is to match the color as perfectly as you can match it, right? But at the same time, you really need to consider the skin that you're working with. One size doesn't fit all, is what I'm saying. Have you ever been really challenged? <laughs> because I always try to find something that I like, I'll, I'll find something to work with. So speaking of Greece at the time of post-Olympics and then doing more TV work and then mm -hmm. letting go of your business, what mm -hmm. happened with the financial crisis at the time in Greece? What was the mood? Uh, the mood wasn't good because when I had my own business and the financial crisis was happening, all production kind of stopped. It came to a halt. Like there weren't any TV dramas being made. A lot of people were out of jobs. It, it wasn't a good period of time to be in the industry. After that was done, um, we are now maybe five years into the crisis and I get a phone call uh, telling me, you know, there's this TV show that we're doing. It's a game show, basically. Me, at the time, I had never even watched a game show. Literally, I didn't know what happened on game shows. I didn't, it was a genre that had nothing to do with me. So I'm like, yeah, okay, what would I be doing there? Oh, you know, there are contestants, they come in, you do their makeup and whatever. And it's not going to be a long gig. It's going to be three months. And if you're interested, we would like to have you. I'm like, yeah, okay, why not? You know, it's only three months. Uh, it turned into an eight-year gig. So, yeah, that turned out well. <laughs> you have to remember when you say it's only, you know, you're going to be there a long time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. There is a pattern here. See, I'm now just realizing that, yeah. Uh, and what I love about it is that you get new people all the time. So you don't have time to get bored. You always have a new face to work with. And for me, that has been the biggest maybe school I could go to. I mean, right now, if somebody sits in my chair, it takes me like I do it really fast, but without sacrificing to feel as good as they can feel. When you have to do with contestants, it's everyday people. It's not actors who, you know, they have their skin done or Botox or whatever. They're just people that come there to play and maybe make some money. It's more challenging, but it's also more satisfying. Yeah. And you're making people feel better about themselves. Exactly. And they don't take it for granted. And they're even more appreciative when you do that for them. So in terms of TV and film, because you've done a lot of TV. You know what? It's not much. There isn't much difference. I mean, TV, TV is faster. Film is longer hours. Also, the, the reality TV is like that. Very long hours. Uh, it's unpredictable. If you're making a film, there is a script. There is a limited amount of time, right? You, you're there for a month, a month and a half, and then you're done. But if it's a reality show, that can go up to three, three and a half months. And if it's a TV show, it's again, it's different time frames, you know? I think the best deal that I have, it's the, the game show, because it's a lot of people coming in. You never get bored. It's more normal, let's say. It's as normal as it can get. Because it's a reality show, because people react to it differently, it might go well, it might not go well. Yeah, so being in the creative world is constantly juggling between one gig to the next. Can yes. you do work between this job with other things? In these eight years, I've managed to do a lot of different projects because it's flexible. 
I did the Philippines project, the nomads. And that to me was really an experience because I don't think I would ever chosen Philippines to go for a vacation. Now that I've been there, I've done that. I really feel that it was a window to something different that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. And do you think uh, that's given you a taste to do more location jobs away? No, having done that and a couple of other things that really, really took uh, a lot of effort, either because they were far away from home, as in in a different country, or far away from home, as in the location was an hour away and, and I had to drive every morning, every night, you know, back and forth. So mm. having worked as much as I have the past few years, and I'm really grateful and fortunate. These are hard times that we're living in. Yeah. But I think it's time to uh, maybe slow down a little bit. And it, working is not everything. You need to have other other outlets. And for me, because my job has taken me from one place to another, I haven't had a breather to take it all in, make an assessment. Okay, where we are, what we've done, where do yeah. you want to go from here? Well, yeah. You need some time to process all that. Yeah. And fortunately for you, you worked all the way through lockdown. So for people that didn't yes. work for two years, you didn't stop, of course. which is amazing. No, I was lucky. Oh, yes. I was very lucky. And I, and I also, I was fortunate enough to work in environments where they were very aware of the of the dangers of COVID, let's say, and we were tested daily and they followed all the protocols. So no, I was, I was really fortunate in that way. It's incredible as well to hear of projects within the arts that were hit so bad all over the world still yes. continue to make it happen. They did, they did. Do you think you've reached your goal with makeup? Listen, I don't think there was ever a, a visible goal or I wasn't conscious of a goal being there. Uh, starting out, all I wanted and the hunger that I had was to get in the business, know people in the business and be respected for what I do. I didn't have a certain dream around makeup. It was like as much makeup as I can do and as many people as I can make happy. Basically, that was it. There was never a clear goal as to where I'm headed with this. It's something that if I'm allowed to do it, I would like to do it for many, many years to come. But I've reached a point where I think it's not the be all and end all. It's not that for me anymore. I think I want to try uh, different things. I want to see what else there is for me. You know, I once read somewhere that uh, each profession that you you do, or not profession, like every job that you have, after five years, you should look into changing it because in one lifetime, you, there's so many things that you can do and be good at that you should try different things. You shouldn't yeah. stay at one desk job, you know, all your life. And I don't know if that resonates with everybody, but for me, it really does. Yeah. Because yeah. if makeup wasn't so versatile that you can use in many, many different aspects like theater and film and TV and bridal work and, and magazines and whatever... There's so many things that you can do with it and you don't have the time to be bored. I think I'm satisfied in the sense that whatever I set out to do, I did it to the best of my ability and people, I don't have people who say, oh, you know, you are shit. So no, I, I'm happy for that. Yeah. So I have to ask you then, would you consider acting? 
No, I think that's that's done done for me. You need to have um, some uh, naivety, and I mean that in the best possible way, and not be so aware of everything. At this point, I think that that has uh, really gone for me. Like I'm so aware of every single thing that there is around me that I don't think I am. I don't know. Like I can let go, and because you need to let go. Yeah. When you're on the stage, be more. What's the word? Innocent. Yeah. I think you're not that, innocent. Not, no, no, I don't feel innocent anymore. <laughs> That's where naivety comes in. You know, naivety and innocence. When you start out, you have some, a, a good ignorance of some things, like a yeah. good sort of ignorance. You know. Yeah. And I think not having that would wouldn't help me. Do you know what? I have a feeling someone's going to call you and say, Tatiana. Look, it's just for two weeks. <laughs> okay. That's a real danger for me. <laughs> so we'll see what happens next. It's an open yes, book. we'll see. Life is uh, nice that way. It always surprises you one way or another. Tatiana, listen, I think, you know, at the end of the day, life has shown you to trust it because it's taken you from Greece to England back to Greece, to all <laughs> yes. the jobs that you've done and still doing. Yes, I think you've got a good head on your shoulders. The trust in life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I've loved talking with you. And I, whether it's been 10 yes. years or one year, <laughs> it feels the same. So, And I've got one question to ask you. What does between the sound conjure up for you? For me, there is no between the sound. Sound is always on. <laughs> Even when there's silence, even there's like, there's always sound, always, uh, whether it be music or people, or there's always something that my little ears <laughs> are hearing. If we talk music, music has always been there. I was, I play the piano. I used to be in a choir. It was, it has always been part of, you know, my life. So sound be it music, be it, you know, the voice of uh, people around me or their laughter or whatever, it's always on. <laughs> that's great. I love it. And that's why I put it in at the end because everyone has their own interpretations. But I've loved mm -hmm. this conversation. It didn't yes. hurt. It didn't hurt, did it? <laughs> Not at all. It was, it was my pleasure. It didn't hurt at all. <laughs> oh, Tatiana, I still love you just as much as when I first met you. Keep making people the, as beautiful as they want to be. And they can be. I'm sending you lots of kisses. Feel like you. All right. Okay. Take it easy. Bye. You too. Bye bye. Thank you.